Well, welcome to <laughs> One for the Table. <laughs> uh, I'm John Kung. I'm Kim Chi. And we're so happy to be here. We are very happy to be here. Listen, season one, episode one of the podcast, you accused me of being transphobic. Meanwhile, I did see you tweet like you a couple thought, days you, ago trying to like justify playing the Harry Potter game, which I wholeheartedly boycott, by the way. No, no, which like I wasn't trying to justify. Like I don't. It's a, it's a video game. Like I don't care. But <laughs> me neither. Yeah, you know, people are just like arguing for like hours on each shit. I was like, they're going was, like, so me... hard for it. Well, it's just like let me like, play devil's advocate and try to find like a happy medium for both of them. There is none. Like you know, uh, what's his name? Hassan. Uh, I don't know his last name. Hassan. He's he's like a Twitch street. He's like a Twitch streamer guy, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how so many of them have like not played because of the people boycotting i was like yeah no shit why would you want to play it it's like anti-semitic and transphobic like source material who cares it's a video Mm -hmm. game also there are a million video games in the market there will be a million more to come you know there are like isn't there like there are more Mm -hmm. mmo rpgs than i can even like think of right now like final fantasy is still a thing as far as i know don't you play that on final fantasy no oh i mean i play final fantasy but not the mmo version yeah i heard that was pretty good um, it is, but MMOs are one of those things like where if you don't join, like on the week it launches, yeah, you're not like grinding constantly. Like you'll never catch up to people that are there. Yeah, so that's you're always true. gonna be like at the bottom of the barrel. Do you know what you look like right now? Darth you Vader? look like the evil Kermit. No, the evil Kermit oh. meme. Oh, <laughs> that is totally us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, um, but but back to the um, Harry Potter game. But also, the part of me do feel bad for um, all the people like that put the work into that game. You know, like uh-huh. programmers and like graphic designers. You know, thousands of hours of like work went into this game. You know, because it of was course, a game. And it really game. has nothing to do, and it has nothing to do with like uh, J.K. Rowling and her politics. Yeah, but, like you know, it's still like you know. It's your choice of who you want to give that money to, how you want to, like, you know, you amplify her influence by giving her more money. And mm-hmm. so, and I know you, like, agree, and you're not playing it, but, yeah, I was a huge, like, huge, huge Harry Potter fan. Like, I knew my house and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, but honestly, like, after reading about it and, like, learning about all, especially, like, the anti-Semitic imagery of the trolls and the bankers and stuff like that, and just, like, you know, all the other, the treatment of, like, minority characters. It's just, like, you know, people are like, oh, it's my childhood. I was like, guess what? Like, your childhood, <laughs> childhoods can be ruined. Have you ever seen The NeverEnding Story as an adult? It is not a good movie. I mean, a lot of the movies that we grew up with aren't, you know, like, they just want to crack the movie when you watch it. Yeah. They're boring. They're so boring. And so it's just like, just let it live. Just let it live and be a happy memory. And, th- and mm-hmm. there you go. And there you go. None of the people involved are like really hurting for the cash. Yeah. JK Rowling turning out to be a villain was like the biggest plot twist of like the 21st century that I never uh, felt coming. Also Ellen DeGeneres turning out to be the villain was also something I never... Uh, it's definitely one of those situations where it's like... And she's, she really didn't do anything. Like... As far as I understand, for Ellen was just like what mean is that was that her biggest crime? Yeah, but I also yeah. she did like, I mean, I guess she did like do some crappy things like on her show where when Mariah Carey was pregnant, she was trying to figure out that 
you know, if she was pregnant or not by like giving her champagne and, you know. Oh, that is, that is pretty, yeah. I see. I didn't know, I don't know any of the specifics. I just get the overall like feeling that people mm-hmm. were just like, she was just like reckless, mean and kind of like. I knew about Ellen like um, years ago before she was even like canceled um, because when I came to the film Drag Race to LA, mm-hmm. every single PA on set um, had worked on the Ellen show. And they were telling me like like what an awful like environment it was like to work in. Really? And I was like surprised back then, yeah. Yeah. And I was like shocked that even like came to light. You know, like it was probably one of the smartest things she ever did was just to like be like, I'm done. I'm that's it. There's there's no like coming back from this. She like literally started from the bottom and now she made her billions mm-hmm. or whatever, and then she got the hell out before she didn't even try to fight it. Honestly, like if I was at Rich Heather and I had a hot wife, you know. Also, yeah, if I was exactly. as, yeah. Also, if I was as old as her, you know, yeah. I would want to retire and enjoy my life. You know, yeah, totally. Regardless of everything that she did and everything she did as a person, like as a community, like she's lost so much and given us so much. She really did like just hang out long enough to become the villain. Yeah, but J.K. Rowling though, like she wrote all of those problematic shit. Cho Chang was in the book, so yeah, it was always I there. I mean, <laughs> the fact that she named her like only Asian character Cho Chang, Cho Chang, and like equally problematic for the South Asian characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what their name is, but let me look that up really. Uh, I think one of their names was like Parvati. I don't know them, but if it was like yeah, Parvati and Padma Patil, yeah. She like might as well call them Pani and might as well call them Pani and Puri. Like literally, like they might as well like name Cho Cheng like I don't know, Jenny Nguyen. Like you right. Know. And like, what was the one black guy's name? Oh, uh, which one? No, not Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> Is it really Kingsley Shacklebolt? I really? just googled like Black Wizard Harry Potter, and uh, the first thing that came up was Kingsley Shacklebolt. Oof. Oof. That name didn't age well. The clues were all there, Kim. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is a podcast about food. <laughs> Smooth transition. On a random note, only because we're talking about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had butterbeer? I have never... Apart from watching the films, and I'm not mm-hmm. doing this as a as a like flex or anything, but like apart from watching the films, I've never like had any involvement with the world. Like no theme parks, no books. Oh, the website. I found out my house on the website, but that's that's pretty much it. So I've never had any or tried any of the things. Why? You are Hufflepuff, right? Yes. How do you know? You just give off the Hufflepuff vibes. I'm going to choose to not be offended by that i don't know why you'd be offended that's who you are that is who i am that is who i am what are you ravenclaw i can see that but anyways um i haven't had butter beer (laughs) you can can get it at like grocery store you can get it at like um universal what does it taste like when i tell you it is the most sweetest thing that i've ever tasted so sweet to the point like one sip and like had me frowning because it was mind-numbingly sweet. Your teeth just hurt. Like it literally feels like someone just poured sugar, melted it, chilled it, and then like lightly flavored it like butterscotch, and then like handed it over. I always thought it would have like tasted like fizzy butterscotch, but it's so sweet. And I like I'm like I'm shocked that anyone can like finish like an entire glass of it. 
It was so yeah. sweet. Like, I don't know. Like, I know, like, amusement park food isn't, like, necessarily healthy for you. But I don't know. I don't know how they can get away with making something so sweet. And how are all these characters in Harry Potter, like, drinking butterbeer? It's, like, water or something. I don't know. I only, like, vaguely remember butterbeer from the stories, though. But, oh, no, I've had the jelly beans. Oh, the one, and one of them is, like, a puke flavor. One of them was vomit flavor. I don't think I ever had the vomit flavor one, though. I don't think I have either. I don't like jelly beans to begin with because they get all in my teeth. Jelly beans are just not, they're never worth the disappointment. I don't understand what kind of psycho. You walk into the grocery store and you see all these amazing candy. And out of all the candy, you're going to pick out jelly beans. Jelly beans? Exactly, right? Like you pick jelly beans over like gummy bears or like peach rings. Gummy worms or or peach rings are good. Cola, Mm -hmm. sour cola candy. Oh my you know, god, I love sour like, cola candy. I don't like Swedish fish, even I understand Swedish fish more than like jelly beans. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I think it's like, and it's weird because like I don't, I don't mind the licoricey flavor when I cook savory food, but I hate it when it comes to like sweets. I hate licorice, mm-hmm. which is why when people say like, oh, I don't like anise flavor and stuff like that, I was like, even if you don't like it, licorice, like you can like that in when it comes to like salty food. Anyway, anyway, what was something interesting you've eaten last week? Valentine's Day, I treated myself to an Indian buffet here. I figured, like, I don't know why I thought this, but it's like, I don't think anyone thinks to go to, like, an Indian buffet for, like, a romantic Valentine's Day lunch. It's true. They should. Was it empty? It was empty, yeah. Which was perfect for, like, a single dining. (laughs) Right, right. But, like... No, I think you're right. I was having this thought the other day, too, where it's like, why don't you, like, have dinner after you do it? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to have a date, hook up first or have your sex, romantic, sexy time first and then go out. Yeah. Well, like, what are your gears, straight? That is so much better. Like, you don't want to eat, like, rich food and then, like, suck dick, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, that's the last thing you want to do. Like, I just think you just want to, like, lie down. But, like, if you, like... Do your stuff first and then mm-hmm. go out for like pizza or sushi or Indian food afterwards. Like work yourself up the appetite. Do it. Date night right when you get home from work and then like reservations for dinner later on. Same with people that do like dinner and a movie. I'd rather do a movie first and then a dinner because after eating like a heavy rich dinner, like I'm falling asleep in the movies. And then also you have something to talk about. Yeah. At dinner. Like it comes with like built in conversation. Yes. Yeah. Well, that being said, um, <laughs> for Valentine's Day, I ate, I made burgers. I made the Ooh. burger from the menu. I saw the um, Instagram story where you posted <laughs> and little John going, you even made fries? And I was it's like, so cute. how much is John like depriving him to the point where this poor guy is like, like in verge of tears over getting fries for dinner? French fries had just happens to be his favorite food group. <laughs> that's a direct quote from him and so he's always happy to have fries that being said we also try to be like a healthier household so like we don't have fries in the house very often but mm-hmm. we do like to eat fries what is your favorite thing to eat with fries you have fries um yeah it's just salt and ketchup uh, nice little john likes mayonnaise mm. he eats his fries with mayonnaise I like mayonnaise, which is too. also which is like yeah. I like mayonnaise with my with my fries. My favorite is tum is Lebanese garlic sauce. Oh, tum is definitely good too. Yeah, tum on fries. I think uh-huh. is the best. Followed by like I do like malt vinegar. 
on mm-hmm. price too. Well, vinegar is nice too. Yeah, you know, I don't know why I was thinking in such like a basic way when you said like, "What do you like to eat your fries with?" <laughs> so I made I made but, burger. It was like the first time I'd made a smash mm-hmm. burger. It's pretty easy and it's really yeah. good. Also with malt fries, I prefer malt powder over like the actual malt vinegar because malt vinegar so makes the fries soggy. Yeah, soggy. I've never tried malt powder. What? Ooh, it's good. It's, it's still the same flavor. Huh. They also make like ranch powder. I don't know. I feel like, so ranch is nice. And every now and then I do crepe fries with ranch. But once you start eating ranch, I feel like the only thing that's like in your palate is like the flavor of ranch. You don't really taste anything else. Yeah, no, no. My boyfriend is a Michigan person through and through and he loves ranch. I bought him like a handle of ranch to eat with his burger and fries and I didn't touch it. Ranch is okay. Like ranch for me is good as like a one taste experience. Like if I'm eating pizza, I'll mm-hmm. dip it into the ranch once so I can have it with the like creamy sensation. But I don't, yeah, that like I like it because of the cool creamy sensation on hot mm-hmm. pizza. Like that's really good. But like, yeah. do I want it every time? I do not. Same. I like it with like really spicy wings, but like I'm talking like not just buffalo wings, but actually spicy wings. Yeah, no, with buffalo wings, you have to have blue cheese. Yeah, you know, blue cheese is a better choice. What do you do? Like the Korean wings, you don't do an extra dip with with Korean fried chicken. You just do just the sauce that it comes in, right? Yeah, and the sauce. I mean, a lot of, some places will serve like extra thing on the side, but yeah, the traditional like Korean way is like you get like half chicken crispy with no sauce and then half with spicy sauce. Mm-hmm. And then you eat the crispy chicken first. And then you enjoy the um the sauce chicken after after the um skin has absorbed all the sauce. Oh yeah, that's really good. I haven't had Korean fried chicken in a really long time. Oh, uh, not no Korean fried chicken places in Detroit. No, well, no, there isn't. You know what you should do? Move what should it. I do? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we haven't gone for. Korean fried chicken. Yo, that place that makes their own noodles for the Nyungmyeon, the one with the Instagram reels that I showed you, looks mm-hmm. so good. Have we been there? No, we have not. Have you been there? I have not. Oh, you should maybe, go. Maybe I'll go today just to teeth you. No, wait for me. Let's go together. <laughs> I need to book a trip closer, closer than... I'm coming in March, but I want to come before that. Okay. What days are you coming in March? Whenever Delta is telling me I'm going. I looked at it the other day. It said like 143 days until I check it. And I was like, oh, March. But that's really not true because March is like a week away. Yo. I don't know days. I don't know days. I just like live day to day and let my calendar tell me that this is late. And that's kind of how I operate in life. Well, Mexico trip is on. uh... (laughs) That's going to be so much fun. Okay, so the plan is for for me for me when I do that, I'm gonna come like two days before and mm-hmm. two days after, so we can hang out before and after in cool. LA. Mm-hmm. You get you some but cold noodles, wanna, and they'll be it'll be warm by then, mm-hmm. so that it'll taste like extra good. Oh, I'm so excited! Uh, you should tell them what Youngman is because I didn't know before I met you. All right, so for the audience that doesn't know what Youngman is, Youngman is Cold noodle, but these aren't just like cold noodles. They first cook the beef broth and then they chill it and they skim off all the fat 
And then they basically turn the broth into like a slush. And it's not fatty at all, but it's full of beef flavor. It's almost like a very pure beef flavor that you're getting. Like, it sounds weird when you hear like cold beef broth, but it is so good. It's so clean. It's so pure. It's so and good. And then you eat it with these um, noodles that are super thin and super chewy. And then usually top to it like cucumbers, pickled radish, hard boiled egg, slices of beef. Um, and then you can also get pibim naengmyeon, which is like less of the broth and then you mix it with the spicy chili sauce. It is like a noodle dish that's like very unique to Korea. No other country or other culture like eats it like this. Yeah. I was blown away when I first tried it. It was so good. It's, it's probably so, one of my favorite. After trying it the first time, it immediately became one of my favorite noodle dishes. But like with a lot of, as with a lot of Korean food, it's like you also have to know how to eat it to enjoy it fully. It's true. Yeah. So um, a lot of times on... Um, to the broth, you want to add some vinegar and a little bit of, like, hot mustard to, like, spice it up. And also, you want to order maybe, like, a really greasy meat on the side, like kalbi or bulgogi. So then, um, if you eat the greasy yeah. meat, you eat just, like, cold, like, spicy noodles to, like, cut through, like, all that oil in your tongue. And it is so good. And you usually See? cut the noodles with scissors for you because the noodles are so chewy. Yeah. And it is so uh, refreshing. You can just drink the broth afterwards. And then most places that serve um, these cold noodles will also give you like complimentary beef broth like that is hot that you can like sip on like a tea. But it's like a bone broth that's so good. So, so good. So, so good. What was initially this episode supposed to be about? Rice. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We are off to a good start. This oh. is season one, episode four. <laughs> yeah, we're like ping pong all over. I we'll know. <laughs> start off with a nice little um, transphobia. J.K. Rowling. Uh, J.K. Rowling, talking about allyship, noodles, <laughs> Valentine's Day, and now rice. This is the rice episode. <laughs> and uh, what is it that got us... Like deciding that we wanted to talk about it. We were texting. Well, because we're talking we, about how to make kongji. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I had never made it with cooked rice before. Um, really? Yeah. I've never done. I've always made kongji from scratch from the beginning with dried rice. Kongji, by the way, is like a rice porridge that's savory and mostly eaten by, I think, Chinese and Korean people. In Korean people, when they make chuk, which is like Korean's version of kongji, um... You make it with cooked rice. Like, whatever. Huh. Whatever, whenever, like, the broth is boiling or whatever, you just, like... It's like um when you we had the shabu-shabu um, yeah, at the Korean yeah, shabu yeah. place. You had to cook yeah, rice after, yeah. and then you boil it with all the stuff. With the sesame oil in there. Yeah. That's really... And it happens so much quicker, which is very cool. Uh, interestingly enough, Cantonese people, we call it jok. 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 And so I think that's probably, like, how it traveled. I don't know... I have no idea what they what they say it in like Mandarin, but um, yeah, no, I always always made it like from the beginning. The texture you said you like the texture from like starting from scratch though. Well, it just feels more like artisanal, you know. It just feels like you put like extra love and care into it, you know, and more of the process, more of more yeah. time, yeah, just like constantly stirring and watching, you know, like because what kanji like you're supposed to wait till like the rice is broken, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, 
I mean, because so many people, at least the way Chinese people enjoy kanji, mm-hmm. um, people like like it in different ways. Like, I think some people like it creamier and a little bit starchier. Other people like it like it more watery. So it really just depends on how you start. Because I don't really think of kanji as something that you do at the end. I think of kanji as something that you do like at the like it, it's breakfast food for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Koreans will eat like chuk like. All the iron too, but I guess like the most like common thing would be like eating like stew or like something brothy, and then like just making chuk at the end just to like finish up the broth. Do you prefer rice that is stickier or like more separate, or do you enjoy like all of them? I enjoy all of them, but like as you know, in my home, I have like six different types of rice. Um, yeah. I feel like different things need to be with like a specific rice that pairs it like perfectly. Otherwise, yes, agreed. Like, it just like does not taste the same. Agreed. No, so so totally agree with you. Like, there's just like Chinese food with with like sticky Japanese sushi rice just doesn't seem to. Well, first of all, because like Japanese rice is like oftentimes seasoned, mm-hmm. um, and it just wouldn't work with some of like the rich and fatty like pork bellies and like the braised starnish and all that but i always i always thought it was very interesting like from japan to korea china and then india it goes from like stickiest to least sticky did you ever notice that like there's a gradient like china and korea are kind of on the opposite sides Mm -hmm. of the middle and then like it becomes either super sticky or like not sticky at all and then there's like Thailand where they eat like fluffy jasmine rice, but also like steaky rice. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why are you laughing? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, what's so funny? <laughs> uh, we're. <laughs> uh, let's take a break for a second. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're just pretend that never happened. Uh, we're back. We're back. Be, Hi. We had to take a break because I farted and Jonathan heard it. And I oh. couldn't stop laughing. Sorry. <laughs> it's funny. I'm not ashamed of farting. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> could you imagine if like the fart noise like made it to like the podcast? Uh, I, I don't know. It might have, Kim. I mean, that was a loud fart. <laughs> it was really loud. <laughs> but anyways, child, um, yeah, like, a, but back to the subject of like the rice, um, like I couldn't imagine eating like Indian curry with like Korean sticky rice, like, but Japanese curry works pretty good with sticky but, rice. It's not it's the same. Though. It's definitely not the same, but Japanese curry is like very like brothy and uh-huh. in like a lot of Indian curries are almost like a stew and Super sticky yeah. rice just like absorbs all the broth right away, you know? Yeah. And well, basmati rice doesn't absorb the broth, so like it gets incorporated into like the stew, you know? Yeah. As opposed to like sucking yeah. up the stew. That's true. In Hong Kong, my mom used to go to this curry restaurant that just specialized in like all sorts of curry, and she would bring back this like black curry. I don't know where it's from. We could never figure out like what country mm-hmm. makes this like 
pitch black kind of oily curry, but it was so spicy and so, so good. Mm. Little John got to have some last time I was there. I didn't get to have any, but it's Where were you deprived from this black curry? Because I was busy trying to write my book. (laughs) (laughs) I was writing my, I was, I was like locked up. I locked myself up in, at at Soho house and was like writing books, not book nonstop. And little John got to go in and enjoy Hong Kong. Damn. Uh, hey. Um, life of like the rich and famous, you know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do some work before you can play. It is true. It's true. Next time we go to Hong Kong, I have like so many different places to take you. To uh, eat. It'll be so good. I love the food in Hong Kong. Uh, One of the um the best meal I've ever had in Hong Kong was um. It sounds really um, simple, but it's a street vendor, and it's like literally like a shack. It looks very, very dingy, but it's packed with people. Uh-huh. And what they serve is also so simple, but it's so good. It's tomato ramen. And they basically take, like, canned tomatoes, like, uh-huh. canned stewed tomatoes, and then they boil ramen in it. And, like, Where was ramen. this? I feel Kong. like I've heard this. I've heard of this place before, but I haven't had it myself. Like, And then they just um, top it with chili oil. Oh. And then... They serve, like, toast with, like, condensed milk on it on the side. Oh, yeah. It, I know. It, it, sounds, it sounds like a... It sounds like a weird combination, but it all works no, really well. It does. It, I, I I can see how this works. Yeah, that's... I wonder where you went. I'm going to ask my mom. Maybe she can take us. It was, like, in the middle of, like, all these, like, giant buildings. But it was literally a shack. And then there were, like, cats everywhere. But the line was, like, so long, like, to get this tomato ramen. That could be so many places in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you stay? You stayed at the upper house when you were there, right? Yeah, it's um not too far away from the upper house. Fancy. Oh, so it was probably in Wan Chai then. Or maybe Causeway Bay. I mean, Wan Chai. But um, yeah, no, the upper house is very nice. I'd be curious to see um, which businesses survived COVID. Um, um, yeah, there wasn't... When I was back there and Hong Kong was kind of like getting back on its feet, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like, like there had a lot of businesses that really, really suffered. But like mm-hmm. it wasn't as bad as you'd think. Like it's very much like New York where place people are like just opening up again. But like it's it's like it you know, coming from Detroit where you're used to seeing like there are still like a lot of shops that are still closed here in the city. So like they were saying in comparison, like, oh, Hong Kong is, like, so bad. And I went there, and I was like, this is, this is a lot better than what I'm used, what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. I heard um, one of my favorite places there um, didn't survive COVID, which is, like, the um, the cheapest Michelin star place you can, like, get. Which um, they serve these. Really? Yeah. It's, like, a tiny store. There's no, like, seats or anything. And they serve grilled xiaolongbao. Which are like these like grilled soup dumplings? Oh yeah, um, shenzhen bao, shenzhen bao, or shen shen shen. It's the one with the crispy bottom and it's a little puffy. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's shen. Yeah, let me see. They what only it's served that out of this restaurant, but it was so good. I eat there like twice a day. It is called shenzhen bao. Shen, you know, I'm close enough. I can't, I can't ch- say it in actual Chinese, but it's yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to make, which is why you don't get a lot of that in like 
you don't see it in the States a lot, but it, you have to like pretty much steam it while it's frying in oil and you can only make it fresh. So apparently our friends at XCJ have a way to make it, mm-hmm. but it's still like a very hard way to cook it. So they haven't like released anything like that. I don't know if I'm like, should, should talk about that. Maybe we should just strike that off. That's not my business. To talk <laughs> but I just True. really want them to release it because I would eat the shit out of that all the time. Yeah. But also if there's something like that, it's that difficult to cook. They probably couldn't uh-huh. release it for like the general public. For like safety issues. Could you imagine like having to like steam something that's already like deep frying in oil? But also like, not to like talk down on anyone, but I am shocked at how many people like failed to read like a simplest thing as like an ingredient on back of a packet. Oh. Like I've seen so many TikToks where people try to cook like these like spicy chicken noodles and they like cook it with like water as if they like, did like a ramen noodle. <laughs> and they're complaining about like how like the noodles aren't very good. And then I saw like another video of like this woman like she like only buys like spicy chicken noodle, but I'm gonna try this ramen flavor. And then she made the ramen without any broth. <laughs> what? Is it that hard for you to just read the back of the package? Read the instructions? See, like, yeah. Right. Right. No, with these people, I wouldn't want to throw, like, oil and, like, hot pan, like, to the mix. Like, I don't trust them to, like... That is true. That is true. Like, the very... The potential for just people to get hurt is... Is very high when you make that. And it's bad enough. Like, I, nothing nothing more difficult than Stouffer's lasagna for, for the general public, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, back to um rice. <laughs> yes, back to rice. So brown rice is kind of like a controversial topic. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like and it. And I know it's supposed to be like the healthier like alternative, but to me It's not worth it. It's only healthier because um it sits in your stomach longer. It's got fiber. And it keeps you like full longer, right? Well, that's what fiber does. But for me, yeah. like I don't want that brown rice like sitting in my stomach like that. Right. It's not worth it because it tastes worse. Like it doesn't taste as good. It tastes like it's stale yeah. to me anyway. And I'm I'm somebody that like gives brown rice a try every a, a chance every now and then. And I still try to like maximize like how good you can make brown rice because I know some people really care and so mm-hmm. they like they deserve to be able to like eat the best version of that too. So I'll make recipes with it, but I personally do not like it. If you want the brown rice because it has the little tiny negligible amount of protein that it has, plus the little tiny bit of fiber, eat rice with a vegetable. Eat white rice with some veggies. Honestly, yeah. And there you have your fiber and it tastes better. Eat your white rice with tofu and meat. Like you're never supposed to eat rice. I mean, like sometimes I'll eat white rice on its own because it's delicious, but... Even when you, like, you're always supposed to be eating it with something anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand the point of making rice less enjoyable by that much if you can just add some good things to it anyway. Sure. Yeah. Like, no need to make it all gritty and nasty and oof. It's not even that. I actually don't mind the texture so much. Like it does have a nice chewier texture to it, and like I do like I like the the uh, the variety that that can give you. But sometimes it just smells and tastes like rancid oil to me. 
I don't know. Brown rice is not an enjoyable experience for me. Yeah. White or dye. Yeah, I would rather have quinoa. Mm-hmm. I would rather have older farro. wheat. I would have farro. I would rather have uh, freaking uh, barley. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things have so much more to them than brown rice and are way more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Brown rice really tried it, but they, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a cute idea in theory. Like, you know, if eating brown rice makes you feel better about yourself, by all means eat brown rice. And for some strange reason, if you like the taste of brown rice, by all means, like, go at it. You sound so judgmental. But not my gay ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you couldn't catch me with a brown rice. Right. Oh. <laughs> uh, but there are, like, other types of rices that are... Well, no, like, um, basmati rice. Mm-hmm. Isn't that... Cons- that's technically brown rice, isn't it? Also, isn't basmati rice, like, considered one of like, the healthiest rice in the world? Probably. And basmati rice is delicious. And so fragrant. Yeah, fragrant. Um, and there's also, like, the wildlife rice, the purple Canadian rice, the long, mm-hmm. long ones. Those are really good, but those are super expensive. Those mm-hmm. are, like, $10 a pound or something like that. The only rice I don't care for is like the um the medium grain like American rice. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know what that is. It's the one that comes in like you know like Uncle Ben's. Um, I've never really had it. Mm-hmm. I don't do really it. do like because it always seems like they always come in such small packages, so it seems expensive to me. It was like I would rather buy these giant bag of like long grain rice. Yeah, uh, to me those rice like don't really have like a flavor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, why don't we eat bread at this point? <laughs> <laughs> we know how you feel about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, I yeah, I like the purple rice. I like, like, you know, the Chinese forbidden rice. Mm-hmm. And we also have, like, a whole grain. The Chinese purple rice and the Chinese red rice, I think those are whole grain rices as well because you have to cook them like uh, brown rice. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, those are whole grains, and those are healthier for you. The purple rice has the same thing, has the same antioxidants as like blueberries in it. So like that's super super healthy, apparently. And that's delicious. Like um, mm-hmm. when you go to Asian grocery store, you can get like packs of like um, mixed healthy grains, and you could just do like two cups of like white rice and like a cup of that, and then you get like a beautiful like purple rice medley. Mm, the Korean bean mix that you add to rice is so good. It's so good, right? Yes, yes. I want like a bucket of that stuff to keep around the house because I would totally make my rice like that all the time. It completely, like that's much more enjoyable than brown rice too, you know? Yeah. Brown rice really is like just the worst option of all. Like even like it can't even say it's the healthiest one. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I think it's just like the worst tasting and... For what it does, there are just better options. Like, no one likes you. Go away. <laughs> but enough people liked it that they have a brown rice setting on the rice cooker. I don't think it's that enough people liked it. I think they're just, like, trained and conditioned um, to believe that it's, like, the healthier rice. Yeah. So I think they just eat that as a rice without even thinking about, like, other alternatives. Yeah, that's true. Like, you couldn't possibly be, like, enjoy this from the bottom of your heart. No, you, you really can't. It really just tastes like rancid rice to me. Completely. That was my rice rant. That was your rice rant. Let's take a let's take like an actual break for a little bit. Okay. And then we'll be right back. Do you notice though that like younger kids like 
kids in their 20s these days like is it just me or do they all look old damn definitely am. did you freeze did you pay your internet bill i did yes yes i did i feel like gen v in general like they dress more mature and they're definitely like more woke you know it's a different generation it's true it's true maybe that's what it is they do all look like they need sunscreen though this <laughs> thing to do sorry well you know what though you know what it probably is like i think people in their 20s generally tend to look older than people in their 30s because people in their 20s are still like trying to go out and drink and party as much as they can and people in their 30s have by and large have done that <laughs> and like are going out less and staying in more and sleeping more and so like that is one of the reasons why, like, the older people on TikTok don't look as old as the younger people on TikTok. Maybe, yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, and and everything is filmed in like HD nowadays too. You know, it's like true. When we we're coming up, you know, like the MySpace photos or the Facebook photos we would get was like overexposed light. You know, you only saw like the eyeballs and like the nose from like an extreme Bitch, angle. Thirty-two colors, only thirty-two mm-hmm. colors, pixelated. Yeah, we all had the season one filter from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, and nowadays on. everything is HD. And let me tell you, drag queens doesn't do, like drag queens. We do not need to be filmed in HD. Yeah, <laughs> you can't like see. I feel so bad when you see some of these queens and like their makeup is crusty. You can tell that it's kind of like old makeup because of just the way that it kind of like collects and stuff. And it's just like, oh, I feel so bad because that's not their fault. How is it that they look worse in TV than they do in real life? Like that is not why they they should train. You know, like drag makeup is meant to be seen in like a dark club at nighttime. Right. Or with like one giant spotlight on Mm -hmm. you. Like it's theater makeup. And like fog machine and, you know, like lasers, give all the works. But now <laughs> we're out here like during the day, like in, in full, full, like yeah. full, like daylight. <laughs> Do and you paint differently? Do you paint differently? Um, no, I feel like if it's daylight, I put on more makeup to cover more. Oh, yeah. Mm. They're like, you're supposed hey, to you're... paint lighter for the day, but Speaking, paint light my ass. Um, of paint. Aren't you doing, did you do a product review or did you only just do a, like a hint of one? Um, well, today we just released lashes. Oh, that's what it was. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Yay. You got a full range of products now. Hell yeah. So now you have skin, a little bit of skin tear. You've got like makeup and now you have lashes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Are you going to get them? Lashes? Yeah. Do I need them? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll put them on if you put them on me. Like, I'll never like turn anyone down from, you know, living their fantasy. <laughs> uh, have you gotten your spices yet? No. No? Okay. Well, that's what I'm sending you. That's what I asked for your, um, I want to get your thoughts on. Well, tell the audience about your spices. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, I just, last Sunday, I released a spice blend collab with burlap and barrel and i had been working on these i had been working on these blends for since like last august and just like going through their spices and like grinding them and like doing combinations and so like i have three blends with them one is a master stock blend 
it's based off of the spices that I use in my master stock uh, raising liquid. But like on its own, it's kind of like something in between. It's almost like a spice blend that is in between five spice and garam masala. Um, at least like I, that's what that's what I think of it. It's a little bit more complex than five spice. Mm-hmm. And then another one is that one's called master stock. And the other one is smoldering embers. Um, that one is kind of like initially it was for like stronger meats like lamb, duck, goat, um, squab. But it also turned out to be like a really, really good one for like mushrooms and stir fries mm-hmm. in general. And I like also like uh, cooking butter in it and putting that on things. And then finally, the last one is uh, seasoning salt. And it is, sesh- it's, they don't have Szechuan peppercorns at Burlap and Barrel, but they have something called Timor pepper, which is like the Tibetan equivalent. So it's kind of like got the buzzy, tingly salt with a little bit of black lime on it. So it's like a sour salt. I think you'd like that. Yum. They all sound yeah. delicious. Thank you. So for like an average person that's like not familiar with working with like dry rubs, uh-huh. like would it be, would you say the easiest way would be like cook it into butter and then like saute with ingredients? For sure. To cook them into butter, uh, cook them in butter or cook them in oil before you stir fry, cook them in butter before you saute. Um, the smoldering embers one I actually use in my burgers. I like sprinkled it on one side of the burger and then I flipped it and like I let the spices cook into the burger that way really quickly. Um, and that was the side that I put the onions into when I smashed the burger in with the onions. Um, mm. The seasoning salt is really good on like, and you're in California, so like tomatoes are still in season mm-hmm. there probably. Uh, sprinkle it on tomatoes. Spring, sprinkle it on tomatoes for your tomato sandwich. It is so good. Yum. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for you to get them. I can't wait for them to arrive. Why aren't I they know. here yet? I don't know. People are starting. To, people who ordered are starting to get them already. So I'm going to ask them. Okay. Why didn't you send them to my friends yet? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about the whole packaging is the little picture of a mochi or dog. Uh, and yeah, so it's. I asked them to be like, "Hey, can you do a picture of?" Because I initially asked for my photo, and I was like, "Could you actually put my dog?" But like, make my dog do the same face as the chili crisp lady's face in the Laoganma chili <laughs> crisp. So it's like Mochi pretending to be the lady on the chili crisp bottle. <laughs> well, that's cute. Yeah, isn't it crazy how like no one knew about chili oil like three years ago, and then like. Chili oil like blew up on TikTok and now everyone and their moms are using chili oil and everything. Oh my God, for sure. I've been making my own chili oil for like 10 years and all of a sudden it went straight from like just Lao Ganma was the only option. And now like Dave Cheng has like two kinds. Uh, XCJ has their own chili oil. Uh, uh, what, what's the, the other company called? The one that like made a lot of them. Oh, um, Fly by Jing. Fly by Jing, Fly by Jing is really, mm-hmm. they make a bunch of like really good ones. I like all of their other sauces more than just their chili oil, mm. but they're all, they're all still very good. Little John really likes Fly by Jing. And then Trader Joe's even has like their own chili oil. That's when you know. Not Trader Joe's chili oil. Mm-hmm. What That's when that you know like? it has at the masses, you know. What do they call their, they call their Chinese stuff like Trader Ming's or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if they still do, but... 
Because um, all their Mexican products used to be called like Trader Jose. Jose, um, yeah. And Italian products were Trader Giotto. Trader Giotto. What the, would their Korean one be? I don't know. Trader Jungkook. Uh, <laughs> the Trader um, Kim. Trader or, Kim. <laughs> or Trader Park or Trader Lee. <laughs> Trader Park. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like you said trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Did they have? They ha- I feel like they have like Korean spare. I feel like they have like bulgogi. Uh, they, have, they have karbi, bibimbap, and hot dog, and kimchi. Oh, oh okay. How was it? Uh, I haven't tasted any of them because um, just based on the reviews I've seen, people say like they were like milder in flavor. Yeah. And I can go to a Korean grocery store and get like a fiercer version for cheaper. Yeah, you, know? you could go to H Mart and you right down the street from you. Yeah. I wish I lived close to an H Mart. You know, you can move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Things that every person in LA say. You should yeah. move here. <laughs> you should move here. It's great. It's not expensive at all. All right. Well, that's a wrap up for today. Um, Thank you come. for listening in. Yeah, share, like, subscribe, get the word out there. Something like that. I don't know if you like it. If not, you're a hater. And don't be a hater. We don't like haters in this house. We don't. We don't need no hateration. <laughs> or holleration. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in.